You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach. Get about your seat, you can have my drink, let me see you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and Phony Bennett. When the sun falls, the sun falls, then the moon lights, might be a hell of a night, go, go. Welcome out there, Virginia fans. Thank you so much for joining us. I am the aforementioned Mike Pittman, joining you for what I believe is our uh, 15th uh, official version of the Hard Hedge. Wow. Uh, yeah, 15, 15 episodes, and uh, really want to thank you guys so much for joining us. With me, as always, uh, Phony Bennett. What's up, brother? It's been a couple of weeks. How you doing, buddy? It has, man. I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm following the uh, the recruiting information. I mean, there's all kinds of news, and the recruiting uh, process is just, it's an ugly process, and it, it sets your hopes and dreams up, and then you, they get crushed. So um, I've kind of had the ups and downs in, in the off season. some guys we thought we might get and, and didn't, but uh, uh, now I'm just trying to be, you know, positive what, what we get, we get. You know, since recruiting is the big thing that we're talking about right now, uh, we actually have a, uh, our, our guest today is knee-deep in the recruiting process. He's uh, currently a rising sophomore at East Carolina University, but he reports for Phenom Hoop Report, and uh, he's very familiar with a lot of the guys that we are looking at, so he seemed like an ideal uh, person to uh, get onto the hard hedge to talk about some guys that may uh, at one point or will at one point uh, be wearing the orange and blue. So Kyle Ellis, uh, welcome to the hard hedge. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, and I also wanted to thank you both for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. And uh, I, you know, I'm really excited to talk about these uh, incoming recruits this evening. Outstanding. Well, uh, Kyle, let's, let's dive, dive right in. Uh, the, the fellow that you might know the best, the most about since uh, you uh, went to school at VES is uh, Shasha Kalea Jones. Um, obviously, he's a guy that's in a really intriguing prospect with uh, a lot of offensive skills at, at a six, you know, six eleven and sneakers. His mom tells me. Um, just let's just paint paint him with a broad brush. Tell me what you know about the young man. How you think he'll fit at Virginia and just uh, his strengths and weaknesses overall? Uh, yeah, um, Sasha Kalea Jones is an absolute beast. Uh, simply put, uh, he goes to Virginia Episcopal School in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, my former school. I uh, graduated this past spring, and uh, he's a he's a dog. Um, he transferred from Woodbury Forest uh, this past fall, and uh, immediately added a huge piece to the to the VES roster. Um, what a lot of people actually don't know is that Sasha actually went to Woodbury to play football. Um, he was a stud quarterback, but then he realized, you know, I, I'm meant to be a basketball player. I'm six foot eleven, um, but Sasha is mostly a post player. Um, he's dominant down low. He's got a beautiful hook shot. Uh, he, he attacks the glass well. Uh, but this offseason, we've realized he's added a little range to his game. Um, he's stepping out, knocking down uh, step-back jumpers, the occasional three. Um, he's packed on a few pounds. He's gotten a lot stronger. Um, and he has potential to go through the roof. Um, at our March North Carolina Phenom camp uh, last year was when uh, people really started recognizing Sasha as, you know, a top 75 player. Uh, I think our Phenom team rated him number two, only behind Thawmaker, and obviously Thawmaker's Thawmaker. Um, and people started giving him a lot of attention after that. Um, he's already had a tremendous spring period with Team Felton, uh, his AAU program, and uh, he's continuing to develop every day. Uh, he's a great player with a strong mental toughness and a love for the game. Um, I feel like he, he, he'll be a huge piece for the Virginia roster here in a couple of years. You know, he might not make an immediate impact his freshman year, 
Um, but he'll definitely fit in well with uh, Tony Bennett's offense. And uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Sasha's a player to definitely keep an eye on. You know, one of the things I've noticed from the, the tape I've watched of him, which has uh, been significant this offseason, is he moves very smoothly for a guy his size, and especially a guy as young. I mean, as young as he is, he's um, – I don't know. There's something just very fluid when he's got the ball on the perimeter and and he puts it on the uh, on the court. Uh, I, I love watching that because most guys just I, I don't think have that coordination. So for him to be showing that at this point, I mean that makes me excited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at such a young age, like I said, he's shown so much potential. He's got great court vision and uh, yeah, he gets the job done at all angles. Um, he passes the ball well. Like I said previously, he he, he rebounds strong and. Um, he, he's just, you know, kind of a, a go-with-the-flow player. Um, for him to be doing what he's doing at, at this young of an age, uh, it just shows, you know, so much tremendous upside. It, it, I'm really excited to see how he progresses, you know, this coming summer, obviously, and in the coming years with uh, with UVA. What about his weaknesses, Kyle? What do you think he would need to work on? Um, You know, I said that he's a strong rebounder, but he, he needs to get a little bit stronger. He, 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 he tends to struggle boxing out occasionally. And, you know, he, he, he I, you know, he's, I wouldn't say weak, but like, I, he's, he's definitely progressing, uh, packing on a little weight, which is helping, but he's definitely got to get a little bit stronger and, uh, know when to take shots at certain times, obviously. But other than that, I, I think, uh, you know, Sasha's definitely a player to keep an eye on. Great. Well, let's talk about uh, the latest commitment. Uh, obviously, this is one that kind of came out of nowhere. He's uh, down there in your neck of the woods uh, right now. Jay Huff, a uh, guy that we had heard uh, Virginia liked. We knew uh, an offer came uh, semi-recently, uh, but uh, Jay jumped right on it. And here's a kid you want to talk about needing to gain some uh, um, physical uh, strength. You know, he's got a, a ways to go there, but a uh, uh, a guy that has unbelievable shooting ability for his size. Uh, I, I thought it was very interesting to, to read some pieces in the last couple of days um, that have pretty much said that even Tony has, has told him that, that they don't they don't need him to be a banger. They're not recruiting him to be a banger. They're looking for that kind of stretch big man that, um, you know, 6'10 and above that can, that can shoot the ball from the outside and space the floor. What do you know about Jay's recruitment and uh, how Jay kind of has uh, emerged on the scene here this summer? Uh, yeah, Jay Huff, uh, from Voyager Academy in Durham, North Carolina. Um, and Cavalier fans should be very, very excited about this player. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Huff is one of North Carolina's most talented players uh, in the 2016 class. I think we have him rated fourth in our Phenom North Carolina 2016 rankings, only behind uh, Harry Giles, Dennis Smith Jr., and uh, Bam uh, Adebayo. Uh, and those guys are all three players that are ranked ESPN top 10 nationally for the class of 2016. Um, but, but Jay's an absolute baller. Um, he's six foot 10. He is only 180 pounds, I think, which, which is uh, somewhat of a downside, but, uh, he has a monstrous seven, two wingspan and he can score at all angles. Uh, whether it's the deep three or a, a mid range jump shot or a sky hook in the post, uh, Jay's an offensive presence. Um, on the defensive side, you know, he's just as stellar. Uh, he's a phenomenal rim protector. He rebounds well, and uh, he plays with a lot of confidence. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is that around this time last year, uh, not not many people really knew who he was. Uh, I want to give a little bit of credit to our Phenom team. Um, at our fall North Carolina Top 150 camp uh, was where Huff really 
was was kind of discovered. Uh, he put on an outrageous performance. Yep. Uh, Jerry Meyer from 24-7 Sports and uh, Rob Harrington from Scout.com first saw Jay compete there. And um, after an impressive you know showing, UVA started showing a lot of interest. And then this past spring, uh, Tony Bennett came to our grassroots tip-off classic uh, the only AAU event that Huff is uh, participating in this summer, I think he's working on a lot of additional aspects of his game, you know, trying to get a little bit stronger. So he's not really focusing on the AAU uh, aspect because, you know, he's already committed. And uh, I think Tony quickly fell in love with the kid's game. He's got a, a historic basketball background. And, uh, you know, he'll add a nice spark to that 2016 class. Really a, a, a huge steal for the UVA uh um, team to snag him from uh, all the in-state schools in North Carolina. But here's a quote that I wanted to mention from Jerry Meyer, 24-7 Sports, about Huff. Uh, he said, Huff is a bouncy, sharp-shooting, 6'10", 180-pound power forward. Huff's tremendous shooting ability at 6'10 makes NBA player Steve Novak come to mind. Although extremely thin, Huff is an aggressive and mobile player who moves his feet. In fact, in 11 years in this business, I haven't seen many shooters like 2016 6'10 Jay Huff. You know, that coming from Jerry Meyer, who scouted every player in the game, really says a lot about the kind of player he is. Um, I don't know if he'll make an immediate impact with the roster. He could be maybe a redshirt player, um, but he's definitely going to be a nice addition down, uh, down the line. And he's also a 4-0 student, so that looks great academically. Yeah, I, f- I feel like, you know, I've seen people on, on Twitter and maybe on some of the boards questioning his size. Okay, he's 180. But I think what people have to remember is we're probably not going to see this kid take the court for two and a half years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's he's got his senior year, and and then he's probably going to redshirt. And, and reading some stuff by Brad Franklin today, interview with his dad, it really sounds like oh, he's you know, the, the redshirt is the expectation there. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, you know, so we've got two and a half years, and we've got Mike Curtis. And <laughs> so by the time we see him, he's going to be a very different kid. And, and you know, hopefully, then we can uh, you know put the picture side by side because I, I think this is a uh, you know kind of going to be a lump of clay for Mike uh, to take, and, and I'm really interested. And a lot of it's going to depend on on his work ethic and, and you know what he's willing to to put in in the gym. But um, you know, he, if if we want him to to add to that frame, which I, I know we do, that will happen under Mike Curtis, no doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah well, oh, you go. Go ahead. Uh, but like like you said. Um, yeah, he's 6'10", but he can drain, you know, deep shots from all over the court. He might only be 180 pounds, which which he definitely needs to work on. But I don't think – I don't see UVA using him as as a post presence. He, he's just going to be strictly, you know, a sharpshooter, a guy that can get in there, you know, add a little spark and uh, grab rebounds. But if he can develop, uh, you know, this offseason and then throughout next year and then a couple years at UVA, he, he'll be a stud. I mean, he could – potentially be a starter in the coming years and uh he's he's gonna add a, a great spark to the cavalier roster yeah because we're, we're gonna have some bangers i mean we've got salt we've got reuter i mean if you want the wide bodies i heard what, what did you guys see where someone said reuter is 270 pounds 280 something like that yeah um, i also saw that uh the early reports on on him right now that that tony's really excited about what he's seen uh you know recently so yeah the you're we're getting kind of the big physical bodies in there but we uh, we have seen firsthand, Phony, how these kind of oversized stretch foremen can just decimate even our defense, which has been the best defense in college basketball collectively over the last three seasons. Absolutely. Um, th- those stretch four guys uh, at that kind of size can really do damage against us, and, and don't think that uh, Tony ha- didn't take notice. So 
Um, they see him as a real threat offensively. But at the same time, I think people underestimate, like Kyle said, he, he's a better defensive player than people think. They look at him and they see this extremely wiry, uh, you know, 180-pound, 6'10 guy, but he's apparently pretty instinctive defensively. Um, gets his hand on a lot of balls and is aggressive defensively. And, you know, that, if you put all the pieces together, it sounds like just a, a perfect fit for us. And I tell you, his family and, and, and Jay, they, they just really seem to get it. The way that they, uh, in some of the articles I've read about how, uh, they understand that, that they're probably going to take a redshirt year and that they realize that his best basketball is going to be late in his collegiate career. He's going to be there. Oh, yeah. He's another guy that's going to be there for all Did five years of his college career. Um, and th that's what's gotten this program to where it is right now is having players like this that develop and get better year to year. So I think he's a perfect candidate for that. And, uh, I, I thought it was a heck of a, uh, a steal to kind of just whisk him away before any of the big guys could really get involved. Yeah. And you really got the impression that his dad, I mean, his dad is completely sold on this, that, you know, they were just waiting for that Virginia offer. They, they like what they saw of the program. They like how, you know, he's going to be used and, and when he's going to be used. So, um, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I feel real good about him coming in. And, uh, you know, it's it stinks. It's going to be a while before we get to see what he can do. But, uh, uh, man, it's going to be exciting when he does. Absolutely. Well, uh, let, let's talk about what might be because uh, uh, Kyle Ellis, you know, we, we've heard, we, you know, the, the whole Diakite stuff, you know, obviously, I, he was most of last year. We heard that he loved Virginia, and it seemed like Virginia was the favorite. Then through a lot of the season this year, it seemed like a lot of other guys were getting involved, and maybe we were kind of shuffling back in the pack a little bit. And then as of late here, in the last couple of weeks, it seems like there's a lot of momentum heading Virginia's way again. Uh, I don't know if obviously you can can't probably divulge anything that you're hearing to that end, but uh, why don't you kind of break down? Uh, just him as a player and how he fits in amongst these other big guys that are very similar size-wise uh, and, and kind of how his skill set uh, uh, compares and contrasts with those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, my man Mamadi Diakate from Blue Ridge uh, is one of my favorite players in the, uh, the Virginia class of 2016. It's pretty funny, actually. Uh, I was one of the first people to actually see Mamadi in action uh, when he started at Blue Ridge. It was his second game in the United States from New Guinea, and uh, the kid was sensational. I think he scored 32 points in his second game against you know BES, who's got so many studs. This was last year. Um, and he added like 15 rebounds. Um, he really, really started blowing up this year. Uh, he led his Blue Ridge uh, team to a state title and played a very – important role in their overall success. success. Um, he plays with Team Blood of Virginia, uh, one of the most skilled AAU programs in the country, and he continuously dominates the competition. I mean, everywhere he goes, he puts on a show. He can shoot from anywhere. Um, he he kind of needs to work on his three-point game, but other than that, I mean, for a kid that's only been playing basketball for a few years, his offensive game is is superb. He dunks with ease, and he's a force on the defensive end. Uh, blocks shots left and right, runs the court well, forces turnovers. And um, at our VA top eighty camp this past spring, uh, Mama D was actually awarded the the overall MVP award, and uh, he thrived against all the Virginia elite players. Uh, one thing I really like he he's an outgoing kid with tremendous personality. Uh, he's hilarious, and he he has fun playing the game. 
Um, there has been rumors that he might be transferring to Paul the Six next year in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, which you know could have a, a, a kind of an impact uh, from Georgetown. Um, but if the Hoos can possibly snag him next season, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that there'll be a powerhouse here in the coming years. Um, Rick Lewis, uh, one of the owners of Phenom Hoop Report, uh, got a chance to talk to Mama D uh, this past weekend at our David Rose Memorial Day Classic. And um, the kids seemed very excited about the, the entire recruiting process, uh, especially from UVA. Uh, he told Rick he, he's currently taken three official visits, uh, one to Washington, uh, one to Southern Cal, and uh, one to UVA. Uh, but Rick said, he, he you know, Mama D grinned a little bit uh, when talking about his visit to Charlottesville. Uh, he, here's a quote from Mama D uh, about his trip. He said, I really feel like family with the Virginia staff, plus the location is really good. And um, he also has a 3.4 GPA, um, so also the academics would play a huge role in decision. But, I mean, again, if they can somehow steer him to UVA and he can team up with Sasha and Jay Huff, uh, you know, the, the Cavs are going to be a powerhouse here in a few years. Well, that's that's uh, that that's interesting stuff, and yeah, I read that piece from Coach Rick about uh, his eyes kind of lighting up when talking about Virginia, and um, you know that that was nice to hear because, like I said, it seemed it seemed for a while there that maybe he had cooled on us a bit, but it looks like uh, it looks like he's kind of um, you know at least going to give Virginia the, the the a very fair shake in this, uh, no matter who comes knocking at this point as as yeah. his recruitment is kind of blowing up. So um, that's good to hear. It could be. Uh, could be just an interesting uh, to, just to figure out where these minutes are going to go if we get all these guys that are you know essentially uh, four and five men. Um, but you know we'll, we'll leave the coaching staff to, to figure all the all the details and we'll just uh, revel in all the talent. Yeah, you know what I like is that, you know I think because of his proximity to our program is we probably know this kid better. Say me being the the real staff <laughs> uh, probably knows this kid better than anyone they're recruiting and vice versa. I mean, you know, from what I understand, I mean, he's you know spends a lot of time around the guys or whatever, and and so there's you know. Th- he knows what he's getting, and we know what we're getting. So if we're still just as high on him, um, you know, he's there, there's not going to be any question about what he's coming into with us. Um, and so should he decide to go elsewhere, it'll be because he knew this wasn't going to be the fit for him. But but I think uh, I, I fully expect that, that he'll end up with us. I certainly hope so um, because I think he's going to be a, a wonderful fit. And, uh, you know, I know the staff really like him. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, one, one other thing um, – like I said, he's six foot nine. Uh, Kalea Jones is six ten. Jay Huff is six ten. But Mama D has an ability to play the three. If he 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 can dribble the ball very well. If he can, you know, like I said, get a little bit stronger, uh, develop a, a deep shot. Um, I think he 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 would be very successful playing the three, um, just because of his athletic ability. Um, you know, Kalea Jones and Huff both committing could have a little impact in his decision, but him and uh, him and Sasha are pretty good friends, so I feel like maybe Sasha will try to persuade him a little bit, but uh, only time will tell where where this stud commits. Yep. Um, I, I've also heard that defensively, the way he moves his feet, uh, I've heard the Virginia coaches compare him to Akil Mitchell, uh, which I think is uh, Virginia's prototypical defender. Um, so, you know, I, I know that they – I don't have the in the inside information, but I, you know I know that he is 
probably the number one guy on their board. That's who they want more than anybody. That's who's been their number one target for quite a long time, from what I understand it, despite all the other commitments that have come in. So uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens there. Kyle, any other players that you'd like to touch on that you have heard mentioned with Virginia as a possibility? Maybe any other guards or um, you know anybody that's that's not a, a, a mammoth in, inside? Um, yeah, there are a couple. Um, from what I've seen and, and you know, I've heard from a lot of my colleagues, Michael Porter Jr. Um, from Father Tolton Catholic uh, School in Missouri. He, he's really good friends with uh, with Kyle Guy. Um, and I read a piece online, uh, you know, talking about how Guy's uh, commitment could play a, a big decision in his uh, future recruiting process. I don't really know much about him, um, but he's a five-star player, extremely skilled, and um, you know, Kyle. That could have a lot of persuasion on him. But one player in particular is uh, V.J. King uh, from Paul, the uh, the sixth in Fairfax, Virginia. And, um, you know, Jamie Shaw, one of, one of our my partners at Phenom, and I got an excellent look at him at the, uh, the VISA uh, state tournament this past March in uh, Petersburg, Virginia. Actually, excuse me, uh, this past February in Petersburg, Virginia. And, um, you know, V.J. King was – was absolutely phenomenal at all angles. He's also a five-star player, ESPN top 100 recruit. And, you know, being in Virginia, UVA's obviously got a huge impact on him. Uh, I saw that he narrowed his list down to five. Um, Virginia, one of them, Arizona, Connecticut, Kentucky, and Louisville. So, I mean, look at those other schools. He's obviously got talent. And uh, he's a six foot six, 200-pound junior. So definitely keep an eye on him. I, I love his game. One of my favorite players for sure. Man, did, did Patino know when he came to the ACC that he'd be battling uh, Virginia so much for recruits? Right, right. Uh, yeah, you expect Duke or UNC for that guy. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun ascension uh, for a program. So, uh, um, you know, I thank you, Kyle, for, for coming on and kind of updating us on those guys. Uh, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get some news from one of them soon. I think we've been waiting all summer uh, for some good news. Uh Mike, what do you got? We got it with Jay Huff, man. Yeah, yep. yeah, you're right. What, what am I saying? We, uh, yeah, it's just that's so far down the road. That's like, okay, here's your Christmas present. Now you can't open it until 2017. So good luck, kid. Uh, but but no, I mean the the future is very bright. And there's you know if we can keep getting guys like that, I'm I'm excited for the program. So. Uh, Thank you, Kyle, uh, for coming on today, and, and hopefully down the road there'll be some more guys that you can come back uh, to talk to us about. But uh, uh, people can find you. We should we should tell them at Kyle Ellis WV on Twitter, and uh, your articles are on Phenom PhenomHoopReport.com. Is that correct? Did I say yep, that right? You got it. And I wanted to thank you guys also uh, for having me on here again. It was tons of fun, and uh, go Hoos. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, now that you're uh, now that you've been on this podcast, you have to. F- uh, text uh phony bennett and i any inside information that you have that's the rules of this <laughs> absolutely absolutely all right buddy take care all right, all right thank you. thanks kyle and thanks a lot kyle for for joining us uh up next is our, our good buddy uh daniel o'neill at embrace the pace daniel how you doing buddy how's the uh spring uh going on for you down there at school I'm doing well doing well it's it's kind of hot but i'm getting used to that but i mean i guess it's better than the winter so <laughs> 
I, Daniel, I got to say, you've become my favorite contrarian on Twitter. <laughs> like whenever there's some seemingly good UVA news to report, you know, you're you're taking it's it's not necessarily the cynical view. It, it's the more rational view. Oftentimes, like you, you know, you get past the excitement and say, okay, but but what if? And and so I I enjoy uh, you know seeing your your uh, you know differing opinions. Uh, on yeah, and, and, and I mean that's that's definitely not intentional or anything. I'm usually actually kind of the opposite. I'm usually not very cynical, but I mean, I guess recently I'm just my expectations have been raised to a certain level that have kind of changed hey, <laughs> my, Daniel, my takes. <laughs> the last two seasons, when everybody when the expectations were kind of getting kind of high, and all of us were like, "Dude, let's kind of tone it down a little bit." Both both times you were like, "Why are we toning it down like this? We are gonna be awfully damn good." You were yeah. right, my friend. Both times we were we were better than expectations both times. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been right in some things. I mean, I, I didn't really get the whole Justin Anderson thing right, but see that see, I guess I should have doubled down and just been cynical and yeah. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? <laughs> so. Uh, we just had Kyle Ellis on. He talked a little bit about uh, Jay Huff, but uh, obviously we haven't talked since that news broke. Wanted to get your thoughts on, on that commitment and what you know about his game and how you think he fits with us. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, like, when I saw the news the other night, um, I guess for, as far as a commitment from, like, someone that's ranked in the top 60 by some people, my reaction was more of just kind of, it didn't really have like a huge reaction or anything like that. I was like, okay, I guess we offered him because I mean, everyone pretty much knew that if if Virginia gave him an offer, he was going to commit almost immediately. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I was initially when we started recruiting him, I really liked him, and then I looked in a little bit more, and then I was a little more skeptical. Didn't really know how he fit in, especially when we got when we got Sasha. Um, but after kind of really looking at, at some tape I hadn't seen before, I'm, I'm definitely warming up to this a lot more, um, especially since you, you see the quotes from his dad about he's he's willing to take a redshirt year if it's necessary. Um, I like that he's not playing AU ball and focusing solely on on getting his body ready, which is really what he re- that's should be his his primary focus as he's his skill set's really already there. Um, it's just he has to get a lot a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to warm up to him. I like him as initially. I kind of like the Kaminsky comparison, but um, I think he's not really going to end up playing center here. So I think um, no. I, I saw uh, Jeff Goodman threw out a Ryan Kelly comparison. And I actually really like that one a lot, um, and I could see that's that's something I could really see him becoming down the road. Um, just I, I like the way he handles the ball. He seems to be surprisingly good at sort of attacking the rim from the wing. Um, I think he's just a guy that is really, really versatile, has a really versatile skill set, and um, I think that's what the staff ultimately was so intrigued by and had to offer him eventually was that just you never know what a guy like this could become with, with that kind of skill set. So I think especially with with where the rest of the 2016 class is looking like it's going to end up, um, I think it's kind of a risk, but we're in a position where I think it's kind of a, a smart risk to take. Yeah, I think it works because you, you're pushing that scholarship to the next class, um, essentially. I mean, if you, if you think of them each for four-year guys, because when London's scholarship comes up, he's going to be the only one. So if we can, you know, essentially push, you know, that Huff scholarship becomes London's class or the, the class after London, you know, the, the group that replaces London's class, then, you know, that actually balances their scholarships a little bit more than they already are. And, um, 
you know, puts us in good shape. And, you know, we were, we were talking about it before you came on, Daniel, how we're not going to see him take the court for us for two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's going to be a very different product by then. And I, I, also, guys, I, I just – it was really fascinating for me to read that today that, that he was essentially told that, that he is not going to be a banger. I mean, they, they are recruiting him. I mean, obviously not to be a wing, but he's going to be that, that stretch big man that uh, we talked about a little bit with Kyle. But, you know, he he is being brought in to, to do a completely different skill set than what uh, Kalea Jones or uh, even Diakite, if he's still committed – uh, what those guys are, are being asked to do um, is is, is going to be totally different. But I think what what I've seen on 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 the tape of Huff uh, is that he is a little craftier than than you think at his size, especially defensively. He's actually a better defensive player than you think he'd be. Uh, and I think, think when you put it all together, y- you have to you know you have to take that young man if he's going to come to your program. And like you guys said, uh, he's he's not going to. Uh, be on the court for two and a half years he's gonna he's absolutely gonna redshirt uh so you know i, I think it's a I, I think it's a win-win uh and i hope that uh diakite or kalea jones or these guys don't think they're being recruited over at all because based on uh, what i read that they, they don't see them playing similar roles whatsoever yeah and just going along with the defensive potential um yeah i mean he that's probably the thing that stood out the most is that he really rebounds the ball well fundamentally he really keeps the ball high he goes and gets it and obviously it helps that he's gigantic but i mean man like he he's 610 like I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way doesn't he look like he's like 71 or something oh, maybe yeah. it's he's obviously some of the kids he's playing against are really small but he just looks so big and uh he clearly has a lot of length too and so um yeah that'll help especially cuz he's not the quickest guy and so uh that'll help uh sort of make up for that uh, defensively, yeah, but his size. Uh, all the message boards and every everybody just keeps harping on his size, his size, his size. Well, you know, Diakite's what six nine one eighty eight. Yeah. Uh, you know how 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 much how different is he? You know, and Kalea Jones isn't exactly a sumo wrestler either. Yeah. I mean, these kids are juniors in high school uh, right now, so uh, I just you know there's there's so much time. We got the best strength and co- uh, strength and condition. Yeah, I mean, we could probably put all of the 2016 class together, and it's probably about the same as as Jack Salt and Jared Reuter combined. Right. But <laughs> yeah, we said that earlier. Reuter is really 270, 280. That, that's what I heard. I mean, I think he's, I think that's probably a little bit bigger. He got he got. I noticed he gained a little bit of weight um, when he was out with his injury, which even though he could condition and stuff, he can't really replicate playing all these games so i think i think he's one of the probably maybe the first bennett recruit that they'll actually have to trim down um a little bit and they'll probably they'll probably get his weight down a bit and then start working to to sort of build it back into good muscle so that'll be unique <laughs> yeah that would be uh that'd be useful if we can get him uh you know up to and that I saw- size I, you know because you know uh Okafor, I mean, what he was, he was two seventy, and and if yeah. the refs let uh, Reuter push guys around like Okafor <laughs> was allowed to, <laughs> he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. All right. So speaking of the big guys, what about uh, this guy that's all over Twitter today? And I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Pascal <laughs> Chukwu Chukwu. Does anyone know? I don't know. But we could have a really. I mean, the the TV announcers and the guys in JBJ would have a really tough time 
if we get him with uh and then get Diakite and then Kalea Jones. <laughs> Could be very interesting. I think he'd be happy when, when Jack Salt comes in. Yeah, I need to get Dave to, <laughs> to record himself saying all these names of these incoming guys. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they say, okay, seven foot two, which is um, obviously everyone wants a seven foot two guy. I'm old enough to remember Chase Matheny, however. Um, seven who, four. Yeah, who was seven four, and I don't think he could dunk. So um, <laughs> hide alone <laughs> isn't really isn't necessarily an indicator of being uh, ACC capable. So do you guys know anything about this guy? I don't know. Uh, I'm passing this to you, Dan. Yeah, I don't know a ton. I've looked up a little bit. I mean, I think he's just someone that um, I don't know, the thing I like about him, and I, I mean, it seems like Bennett and company like him a lot. Um, I think they're really intrigued by the fact that they'd get a chance to, to redshirt him, have him sit out with the transfer year, and, and go to work on developing him. Um, I think that's probably the most attractive thing. He was a, I think he was a top 100 four-star guy out of high school. Um Obviously, he didn't have great numbers at Providence, but that's that happens to a lot of people and go and transfer and then blow up. But um, I think it'd be a good fit. I think um, it sounds like I don't I don't know how much interest he has in us. I think we'll be up there, but I mean, there's good old Bill Self lurking once again. <laughs> right, man. He owes us a recruiting fee. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, it's it's a sign of respect. Um, for old Bill, but I mean every guy we go after. Now I don't know who was first on on this kid. But. Yeah, this one this one he actually might have been first, and I didn't even think he actually recruited. I just thought he waited until Tony found somebody and then hopped on board. But yeah, I don't <laughs> think of our does. programs are being that similar in a lot of different ways. But yeah, um, you know maybe he really liked what he got in the Ukrainian kid, and uh, yeah, just can't stop. Um, so anyway, Mike, I, I, I sidetracked us, but I, I know you want to talk about players who actually play for our team. So uh, why don't you get started on that? Yeah, let's uh, we'll move forward with our segments that we're doing here in the off season, where we just uh, you know kind of break down the guys that are coming back and, and talk about uh, you know what we're expecting out of them, what we uh, love about them, and, and what we think they need to work on. And uh, tonight we're going to cover London Perantis and Anthony Gill, uh, two starters for sure. Um, and uh, Dan, I'll start with you, and, and let's start let's start with London, and I'll bring in, bring up the rear. But uh, this is a, a guy that. And I think uh, his development next year is imperative to our success. And and just talk to me a little bit about uh, what you what you're looking for from London next season. Yeah, I think um, I mean now I could really really reiterate a lot of things and say things that have just been sort of beaten in the ground that needs to be more assertive, hunt his shot, and stuff like that. And everything, every one of those is, is completely true. But um, I think the biggest thing is that I've noticed, especially on the message boards and talking to people. People are just writing him off as he's just not going to be a good shooter. Everyone's so scared about our uh, guard shooting yes. next year and, and whatever, but they just they look at last year and they say, "Oh, oh he's just not going to be a good shooter again." And and I just don't buy that. I I Have think deep down, people seen his shot. Have they seen his? Yeah, he's he's, I mean, come on. he's he is a good shooter. Um, obviously, he struggled a bit last year, but I mean, he struggled at the beginning of, of his first year, and so I still don't know how he went from. He was like at twenty six percent from to even finish at like forty six or something like that, which was insane. But um, I think that'll be one of the biggest things the the staff will focus on in the off season is finding how to get him the right shots. Um, and I think that'll be big. And I think I think he'll be able to do it. I think I don't, maybe he won't be forty six percent, but I think he'll be much more of a threat. Um, if you look at his numbers last year, his numbers really dipped, um, as did others when Justin went out. So. Um, We'll have to find someone else that can help um, as well. It can't just be him. Um, 
but I think he'll be able to be a better shooting threat and, and just, again, like those other things we said, more assertive. Um, I just look at that. The game he played down in Chapel Hill I thought was by far his best game ever, even including the, the Miami game this year. Um, just the way he attacked the rim. He took shots in the mid-range. He got to the rim, hit a couple threes or one or two threes or something like that. Um, but, yeah, he was. I just love the way he played um, that game. And if he can just really – play like that more consistently, then that'll really help us go deep next year. Oni? Um, well, okay, so the offensive stuff it has been covered. I mean, I, I think we need five guys who are a threat to score at any given time, and um, we just, we're not going to take that next step. We can be very good with only four guys, but we're not going to take that next step without a fifth one. Um, the other thing is, especially with the rule changes that they're talking about next year, 30-second shot clock and 10 seconds to get across no matter what, I think he's going to have to be a little more deliberate with the ball. Not a lot. I mean, we're not we're not going to, you know, have him in the leading a run and gun offense. But he maybe that laid back Cali cool, which I love. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, might need to pick up the pace just a little bit and and, and start hunting those shots and and his shot, you know, in, included. So you know, we I think we talked about that with Malcolm about looking for the the right shot and and he's got to do the same thing. And when he's got it there. You know, even if there's 25 seconds left on the clock or 20 seconds left on the clock, he needs to take that shot. He needs to be comfortable taking the shot, and, and we need to be okay with it. Yep. Uh, well, I can tell you guys, um, if I, I'm guaranteeing you that that he's going to be a, a better three-point shooter, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, in the mid-30s to high-30s at least. Um, you know, he, he's not a 46% shooter, but he's not a 30% shooter either, uh, as he was last season. Uh, he's a guy that's got a good form that, um, you know, is uh, when when confident and, and when getting some some shots up, um, you know, I, I think he, he, he's going to excel just fine. What I think you're going to see from London is a is a, a more of a mid range game. And I think you're going to see him get to the free throw line, uh, which he did late in his career in high school when he got more aggressive. Uh, he really lived at the free throw line his senior year. Uh, and he's a guy that 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 is uh, better at getting to the basket than you think. He's a little, uh, you know, not the best athlete in the world, but crafty about it and, and a, a good decision maker uh, in those situations. And I think that the bottom line is when when London Perantis is told that uh, the bottom line, and I know they tried to get more out of him offensively last year, but there was still a lot going on around him. Uh, a lot of de- the post players were were, were uh, demanding the ball an awful lot and and uh, were very effective. I think when when the onus is put further on 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 London's shoulders, he's going to be more aggressive, and I think he's going to be a double digit score for us next year. And I think he has to be. Um, and I do think he'll pick up a lot of the slack that that Justin will be leaving from a shooting perspective. Uh, and I I just think that his development going into next year is is one of the big keys I think that can separate us from being a good team and a, uh, to a great team. Again, I believe that his focus. I saw a tweet from Justin Anderson. Um, that said that that London's focus has really changed this off season, and um, I think London is the kind of young man that is going to take uh, becoming an underclassman very seriously, uh, and I think you're going to see a big step up from him next season. 
Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, you know, the games that he had that were really big games for him were all games where we really needed that. <laughs> like, that was the, the difference. And, um, you know, so I think when, when someone can have that kind of impact on the game, and we need that, you know, night in and night out. I mean, there, there's going to be uh, some out-of-conference games where, where we won't necessarily need that, but not many. Uh, and, and beyond that, we've got a tough non-conference schedule. We're going to have a tough conference schedule, and, and we need five guys out there at any time. Um, you know, that, that can put the ball in the basket for us. Yeah, I wonder where he's going to fall on, on all-time assists. Um, I'm trying to look it up real quick while we're here. Um, who, who are, like, the top guys for assists? Because he, he's got to have a chance to finish way up there. Uh, the, the top Virginia guys for assists. I'm going to assume Sylvan Landisberg probably isn't up there. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I can't find it. Anyways, uh, that would have been an interesting tidbit, but I can't find it. So uh, the hell with it, like Bob Uecker. Um <laughs> So, all right, guys, um, let's move on to uh, Anthony Gill, uh, who got engaged yesterday, I heard, by the way. Uh, sorry, ladies. Um, so um, a, a guy that obviously is just a tremendous player for us, does a lot of the, the, the dirty work inside, a physical guy, uh, a, a guy that you know can can get to the free throw line at will is working on getting that free throw shot better it was a great finisher around the basket but has some things to work on too and uh phony i'll let you take the lead on this one uh what are you looking for for anthony to improve on and what do you expect out of him next year man i i love ag i mean he was uh um you know he's one of those guys that you think can can live at the line and so what, what i'm looking for him uh from him next year is for him just to be Anthony Gill, but more so. And, and that means getting the contact inside more. You know, I want him to finish more of those where he does get the contact. Uh, you know, a lot yes, of, the, more and ones for the love of God, Anthony. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. So many minutes and it's so close. It's like, why didn't you finish that? Um, so many rolled off the rim that it, like, I just, uh, yeah, man, they need to keep uh, pounding them with the pads. Yeah, and and the other thing is is get that continue getting that free throw shooting up, and I don't know what he finished the season at um, this year. And it, like I don't care how he stands, he can stand pigeon toed, he can shoot it granny style. Uh, you know, let the announcers worry about his stance. Just just make the free throws. Um, I I just think there's a lot of offense that we could be getting from him that we're not, and and it's it, it's finishing and it, and it's hitting the free throws. And and if he can improve in both of those areas, I mean that's that's going to make a huge difference. And again, you got the inside guy who's the big threat. Then suddenly that that kind of softens his own up, and um, you know some other guys get opportunities. So. Uh, he, he's going to have just as much to do with our success as the the changes we were hoping for from London. Yeah, I mean, like what you said about um, just he needs to be Anthony Gill just more so. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I don't think there's anything drastic that needs to change or anything like that. Um, maybe some improved free throw shooting. I'm looking at it now. He uh, the previous season he was 62 percent, and this past year he was 67. If he can get that to so kind of low 70s, mid 70s, that'd be great. Um, and Absolutely. just get and get to the line more. I think he can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially down the stretch, he played great. I just was looking at his stats and something like the last 10 games, he had at least nine points in every game and a lot of uh, a lot of sort of 14 and seven games. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, it seemed like was it just me? It seemed like we forgot about him at. at- for stretches this year where like he would he would score some early baskets and then suddenly he wasn't getting any yeah. touches. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh I mean I, I don't have it pulled up but 
maybe there were some games he got in some foul trouble. So, um, yeah, especially yeah, he had a That's lot of happened. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Um, lot, he went through a stretch there where he, I mean, remember he kept throwing his hands up because he couldn't like look in somebody's direction there. It was like a six or seven game stretch where, uh, you know, he had two. Yeah, he's, and, he, and a lot of those were kind of unlucky. Um, I remember. Exactly. I don't have any specific examples, but like you said, just I remember kind of the expressions. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he gets called for that, but. Yeah, obviously, if he can stay out of foul trouble, he's going to need him to be on the floor as much as possible. Um, but also, I like, and I think I've mentioned this before, um, I'd like to see Toby get maybe stretch out a little bit more, um, maybe hit those elbow jumpers a little bit more frequently. Um, and if that happens, I think we can just give AG some space um, rather than kind of being crowded down low with Darion. I think he'll be so dangerous. Um I saw we saw a lot of that in the ACC championship last year. Um, he just had a lot of space. Like some of that was, I think Toby hit a couple jumpers early, um, and he just had so much room to operate. And Duke just had to foul him every time down. Um, if we can just let him kind of isolate and go go to work down low, I mean I've said this before, and I really don't think anyone can actually stop him. They can pretty much foul him, and maybe get a piece of the ball or something like that. But um, but yeah, just let him let AG be AG, give him some room. I think that's that'll really open things up um, in general for our offense. I, I love Anthony Gill, man. I just think I think he's such a great dude, uh, such a joy to have in the program. Hard worker, um, and and such a. a, a uh, just a great player. I, yeah. I hope I want his his uh, mid range game to 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 be a little better because I think that a lot of times they. I mean, he two years or when he was at South Carolina, the guy shot thirty eight point thirty eight percent from three and really yeah. shot a, a lot of mid range shots and, and was really good at them. Um, last year he looked really uncomfortable shooting those shots for most of the season. Uh, I, I if I could look at the percentage, I kn- I know it would be terrible on, on actual yeah. jump shots. And I think that teams recognized that, and, and they were just leaving him alone out there a lot. And they were that, that's why he was getting bruised up so much because they were the only way he could uh, get any good looks at the basket was to take it in there amongst the trees and, and try to draw contact, which is what he's good at. But I, I just think that you know if he can get more consistent with that 15 foot jump shot, um, it's going to draw the defenders out there, and it's going to give him a little bit more space that he needs on his own without needing it from somebody else. Um, so obviously, I, I hope he works on that in the off season. I don't care if he shoots granny style or um, <laughs> what he does from the free throw line. It, it, you know, if he can hover around 70%, I think that's all we really need out of him. Um, but, you know, I can tell you that uh, I think he's a special kid, and, and I'm really glad that he ended up transferring to us. I mean, people forget he picked Virginia over Ohio State and North Carolina. Um, Florida. Yeah, in Florida. So, I mean, it, it, he, he was uh, – it, it's one of those things that – one of those pieces to, to why this program has gotten to where it is that people kind of take for granted. Anthony Gill was, uh, was just a heck of a young man, and I'm, I'm glad he's a part of this program. Uh, so uh, I guess that that's it for this uh, this session, guys. Um, unless there's anything else y'all wanted to touch on real quick before we signed off, uh, I don't know what other uh, news has broken since we talked last. Uh, uh, Phony, you got anything else? No, I mean I know uh, the athletic department's you know doing uh, you know the dog and pony show all over the coast at least and uh yep. you know i finally got the chance to uh to meet tony so that was uh um you know that, that was neat. i mean he, he was every bit as humble a, as i would have expected um you know he, he was just uh he was tony and it was funny because every woman at this event was swooning i think <laughs> they're uh oh you know they wanted to get closer to him i mean it was it, it was pretty entertaining 
So did you tell him who you were? No, or? no. There's there's no there's no good way to say, hey, I'm Phony Bennett. <laughs> like you, when you say it out loud, it loses all of its power. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm I'm happy keeping it online. You know, I did see uh, Dave Kane, and uh, you know, because he was hosting. Now I've met Dave before. I met him. Yeah. Um, it, it was uh, before the Harvard game, I guess. And so I went up to him and I actually had my name tag covered. And uh, I, I said, hey, Dave. And, of course, he didn't remember me. And and I couldn't say I'm phony Bennett. I was like, yeah, we know each other from Twitter. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey. And, and, you know, I could tell exactly by how he said it that he had no idea who I was. <laughs> and so I left it off. And he figured it out like the next morning and uh, tweeted at me. But, yeah, you just can't say I'm phony Bennett or, or really admit to anybody in the real world that you operate a fake Twitter account. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going tomorrow night to the Richmond one, so maybe I'll uh... – I'll, I'll, I'll go talk to him and, and tell him you said hi. Tell yeah. Him, so yeah, just tell him you're hey. phony Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at the Harvard game with three other guys. Now, none of us are anything alike, whether it's uh, in, in any sort of demographic. And uh, I was talking about us spreading out and meeting all kinds of different media people and announcers and stuff and all claiming to be phony Bennett and then seeing if they compare notes afterwards. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, th- this is fun, man. I'm, I'm excited for the season that we have ahead of us and i think we'll get at least one more piece of recruiting news uh uh, before we really get into the the preseason uh way of thinking um you know i think things are going really well and uh i'm I'm much more optimistic than i am uh than than i probably was the last time we did this which was like three weeks ago and (laughs) and even justin anderson it's looking like a really good decision for him yeah definitely Um, it's looking like a damn good decision for him i I can't (laughs) i don't fault that fault that young man at all all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, but some good news about the next uh, podcast. Jerry Ratcliffe has agreed to come on and do another uh, Stories with Jerry Ratcliffe seg- segment. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so he said he's got another one queued up for us. So uh, that, that last story was great. So we'll get him in. And then uh, next week we'll talk about a couple more players. We'll talk about uh, the recruits uh, that we didn't talk about tonight. And uh, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy, who two guys who I, I think I've mentioned before, I feel like are already part of the program. Uh, um they're just like already part of the family, man. Just uh, they've been committed for so long and have been uh, so interactive on Twitter and everything. And uh, just can't wait for that 2016 class. And we'll touch on them a little bit more next week. But otherwise, I think that's it for us uh, for Phony Bennett and uh, uh, Daniel O'Neill at Embrace the Pace. Thank you guys very much for joining us for this edition of the Hard Hedge. We look forward to having you again next time.